And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity. We say hi to Evan Bland, Omaha World Herald at Evan Bland OWH. We thank Evan for a little audible here. Talk some ball with him. So, Evan, desperation level for Northwestern. Do you see Nebraska as a desperate team? Let's start there. Dion uh, was asking in the inbox here, so I'll forward it to you. A little option pitch. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if I'd call him desperate. I mean, it's a uh, certainly a game that you want to win if you're looking at that uh, that bowl game and continuing to build on the momentum that you've had. Um, but like, I don't, I just, I don't get that sense. Like, I, I feel like one of the themes from players and coaches this week was like, you, you do whatever it takes to win. Like Thomas Fedoni, a former number one national prospect at tight end, kind of almost half jokingly was like, yeah, if they need me to play defense, um, I'll do that. You know, Billy Kemp, who comes in with almost 200 career catches as a college football player, uh, is like, yeah, you know, if I have to block and, and that springs the running back, like that's going to be the thing that gets it done so it doesn't feel like this is a team where guys are caught up in roles or in playing time they just want to kind of find a way to get it done and that's what happened at illinois i think that felt pretty good to those guys the staff the coaching staff is continuing especially on the offensive side to figure out what the personnel does best and and they're they're building so like no, I don't. I, certainly, it would be a disappointment if Nebraska didn't win this game. I think they have more talent than Northwestern. Um, you know, I, I think they're they're building for more of a long term um, goal than what Northwestern is. Certainly, with an interim coach and everything that's gone on on that side. Uh, and you know, I, I do think it'll be a competitive game. This series tends to be unpredictable for the most part and, and close uh, down to the end. So certainly it's a game that's important for Nebraska to win. It would make uh, you know the West race and, and bowl discussions a lot more interesting if they pull it out. Um, but, but no, I, I don't think desperate is the word I would use. I think uh, focused and determined would probably be closer to it. So focused, determined, ready to die? <laughs> if they die, they die, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, Nebraska fans – They'd be all good with that that number being covered and controlled from quarter one through quarter four. I don't know that Northwestern's going to play along, Evan, but how how would it how would you handle a Nebraska game where they're up seventeen uh, or or more from from the get go from the jump like two years ago? Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I, I do think from just a, a talent perspective, mm. it's a lot easier for Nebraska to attract <clears throat> skill position players in particular more than uh, Northwestern does. And, and we saw things go off the rails in that one a couple years ago, and, and they just they looked like the superior team, um, you know, in, in a lot of the ways. And so I, I suppose that's possible. We haven't seen that a lot. Northwestern has struggled to stop the run. Uh, they had a good, you know, quarter or half against Minnesota when they came back from down three scores. So they've done a little bit of that. I think the thing about Northwestern that gives me a little pause for this being a potential blowout is um, they're playing like the team that they are, and that's a team that has nothing to lose. Again, this is a, an interim coach. Um, you, you go back and watch some of the games that they've played. I think they've coached like they've had nothing to lose. 
I think, you know, again, if you would have said at the midway point that Northwestern was 3-3, three and three, I think that's probably better than what most uh, folks would have prognosticated ahead of time. Certainly, I know I don't know anybody that picked them to beat Minnesota, so I think that gets your attention right there. Um, but, you know, from the Nebraska side of things, the thing that I think is fascinating with this game in particular is how do they handle success? And this is really the first time that they've – They've had that. They've had two weeks to feel pretty good about how things transpired in Illinois, some of the growth that they've had within the program. And Matt Rule said it this week, right? Like, coming out of some of those losses, he felt like someone was standing on his chest. Out of this week, uh, the challenge was to not walk around being happy and, and content. So how how they handle this, I think, will be really telling about the the growth of this program because when you're a program that hasn't won three games in a row since 2016 – I think that's pretty good evidence that uh, they just haven't been able to build momentum and, and stack wins over the years. So then, Evan, what is your barometer for Saturday in terms of Nebraska not playing complacent, not playing, you know, like like they've already made it? What are you going to be watching for in that game against a Northwestern team? That I mean, let's face it, Northwestern is not a group of world beaters this year, but neither is Nebraska. So, so what is your barometer for Saturday in terms of progress in terms of success for Nebraska not being complacent and still being motivated to go out there and get better every single week? Well, I think it starts with the defense and continuing to play as they have with their hair on fire and, and, and really just bottling teams up, gang tackling, swarming to the ball, um, you know, all that stuff. If they can add that next, that next uh, or, or unlock that next achievement of getting takeaways, then I think you're really cooking with gas and taking things to the next level. So I would start with the defense, but then offensively, uh, you know, just kind of sticking to what works. And, like, I thought it was interesting this week hearing from Marcus Satterfield, the OFC, saying, you know, yeah, if he had his way, he'd he'd be taking, uh, you know, downfield shots quite often and, and, and passing it more than they are. But that's just not where this team is from a personnel standpoint, from a, from a, a skill set standpoint. So I think if Nebraska's locked in, they're they're going to stay disciplined to the run game. They're going to lean on a veteran offensive line. Uh, you know they're going to uh, rely on Anthony Grant, potentially Joshua Fleeks, Emmett Johnson, whomever, um, to to get those tough yards on the ground. Heinrich Harburg as well. And then you just sort of pick your spots with what you do through the passing game. Maybe you get creative and find ways to get Billy Kemp the ball uh, in space. But I, I just think you know a sign of complacency in a moment like that is, eh, you know we're gonna we're gonna see what Harburg can do through the air, and we're gonna throw it 35 times. Like I, I don't think that's probably the best path to victory. So if you're really locked in on what it takes to win, I think this is a week where you embrace doing that, um, doing that ugly, maybe in a way that's not uh, the most satisfying as a coach or the, or the most aesthetically pleasing as a fan, but just kind of knowing that if you stick to that formula chances are pretty good you're going to walk out with a W. Evan Bland with us from the Omaha World Herald. Find him on Twitter at Evan Bland O-W-H. Evan, what's a good day catch-wise and yardage-wise for these freshman wideouts that are being forced into duty? Well, I mean, Malachi Coleman has a, a five-yard out catch as, as the only one in his career to this point. So, you know, building on that, I think, would be a start, Jalen Lloyd. We haven't seen, you know, a ton out of him either. Uh, Matt Rule was a little bit hesitant on Jaden Doss as he's worked his way back from injury. He's probably a little bit behind those other two receivers that you're talking about. I, I think, you know, 
part of the profile of, of both Lloyd and Coleman out of high school was that they were burners and and they could take the top off on on defense and or on defenses and you know Coleman in particular was a uh, you know a national level sprinter who's who's still I believe looking to do track in the spring Lloyd kind of in the same conversation so maybe they do bring a little bit of a different dimension and even if that dimension is like go deep and take a couple receivers or I'm sorry a couple uh, defenders with you then maybe that is the different look that sort of opens things up a little bit for the run game. So I, I think you will see the Nebraska offense adjust to those skill sets that they're going to have on the outside that's maybe a little bit different from uh, you know an IGC or a, a, a Marcus Washington or whomever. Um, and, and, again, maybe that will shake some things up a little bit, uh, loosen some things for what uh, the offense wants to do through the run game. But, um, you know, I think just letting those guys go out and play and just kind of realizing – you know, you're, you're good players, you've done it in practice, now let that translate into the game. Evan, what's the story with Northwestern quarterback-wise? I know Coach White talked about three options. Uh, the Cincinnati transfers looked good. Is their backup a dual threat, but not much of a passer, more of a runner guy? What's Nebraska facing at quarterback potentially Saturday? Yeah, I thought Tony White laid it out pretty well uh, yesterday chatting with reporters. I mean, it looks like their preferred starter, Ben Bryant's going to be more of a game time decision. Um, you know, they didn't want to commit to him being fully back after he took a blindside hit against Penn State a few weeks ago. So we'll see. You know, if if he's back, he's more of their passing threat. Brandon Sullivan, their backup, is more of their uh, you know mobile threat with his legs. Maybe not quite um, the threat through the air as Bryant is, and so. I think the challenge is just like for if you're Nebraska, be aware of who's out there. You know, if it's if it is Bryant, then you're probably going to adjust your defense a little bit more uh, compared to if it's Sullivan or or even their third guy, who's really I think more of a, a wildcat sort of option, who's been banged up himself. So you just have to be really disciplined about who's out there. And and you know, this defense, you think about the first six games, they've kind of seen it all. They've seen guys like Shadur Sanders, who's been able to extend plays with his legs. You've seen guys like J.J. Uh, McCarthy with Michigan who can do both but has generally been a pocket guy. You've seen teams with uh, you know that have had injuries at quarterback and have had to be kind of creative. So I think the defense has already shown um, that it can handle a lot of different looks. It just needs to be disciplined about knowing who's out there. Evan, quickly, I want to get your thoughts on the dual feature that Husker fans will get on Saturday with first Nebraska-Northwestern at Memorial Stadium and then Nebraska, Wisconsin, down at Bob Devaney. I mean, what what kind of day is this in, in Husker fandom? I guess looking back, like in recent memory, it seems like a a big one to be able to get that dual feature. Where you know, what, if you're at the Husker game against Northwestern, you can walk on down to Bob Devaney and catch that one too. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And if, if people had their preference, I'm sure uh, you know this would be one of those rare weeks when you wish Nebraska did kick off at 11, so you could have a little bit of time in between to reset and and get over there. You know, I was kind of reflecting a little bit today, um, just having talked to some former volleyball players from the Volleyball Day in Nebraska stuff about how, you know, even in the in the 80s, it, it, it was hard for Nebraska volleyball to get crowds. And they would have signs out in front of the NU Coliseum saying, you know, show your ticket stub from the football game and you can get in for free. And now you see in today's environment where a standing room only ticket at the Devaney Center is going to be like 200 bucks or more. Uh, this is going to do, I think, major ratings on television. 
um, especially when you look at some of the other college football games that this match is going up against on Saturday night. And so it's just, it's really cool. It's, it's a rare instance, maybe the first instance uh, on a football Saturday that Nebraska is playing where uh, the football team in a lot of ways is, is the undercard to the main event later that night. So I think it says a lot about how far volleyball has come. It says a lot about um, just the, the, the height of, of where this volleyball program at Nebraska is right now. It does feel like it's at the top of its game. Um, and, yeah, I mean, what a, what a cool deal to be able to come to Memorial Stadium, see a team that's on the rise against Northwestern, and then top it off with a one-versus-two matchup that uh, kind of feels like a Final Four preview right now. Love it. Evan Bland, Omaha World Herald. Evan, we'll see you on Saturday. Thanks for a few minutes today, bud. Thanks, guys.